Welcome to the Formula Bone F1 Show's 2022 Austrian Grand Prix Recap. I'm Jared Borislow, but you can call me J-Bone. Let's get into it, folks. J-Bone! First up, on my Austrian Grand Prix preview episode, I gave you three storylines to follow throughout the race weekend. Let's see how those shaped up. The first storyline was F1 Sprint is back. And it was fine. It was fine. Max Verstappen safely won the sprint race with some other notable performances being Checo going from P13 to P5. Mick Schumacher defending Hamilton like a lion for much of the race before eventually letting him by because he lost DRS, which he was getting from his teammate Kevin Magnussen. K-Mag should have been a better teammate there, buddy. Come on. And another thing in the sprint race, the two Ferraris battled each other at the start of the sprint, which was very entertaining and probably had Mattia Binotto pooping his pants. I must note that after the sprint race, Charles Leclerc seemed oddly confident about Ferrari's chances in the Grand Prix, which seemed kind of weird given that Max took pole position at Friday qualifying and won the sprint race. I... And most other people thought that Max's Friday and Saturday success indicated that Red Bull would have the edge over Ferrari in the Grand Prix. But boy, oh boy, we were proven big wrong. And I'll get into how Charles Leclerc was able to beat Max Verstappen at the Austrian Grand Prix later on this episode. But for now, let's get to that second storyline, which was, will Red Bull go 1-2 at their home Grand Prix? And they just went 2 and barely at that. And when I say went to, here in America, that's uh, another way of saying you pooped your pants. <laughs> Not to say poop your pants twice already in the first few minutes of the episode, but hey, here we are. Checo retired from the race after sustaining damage during a collision with George Russell, meaning it was up to Max Verstappen to secure all of Red Bull's Austrian Grand Prix points. After the sprint race, of course during which, obviously, Checo got some points because he finished in the top eight. But in the Grand Prix itself, it was all up to Max Verstappen because Red Bull retired Checo's car. However, Max was no match for either Ferrari. That is, until Carlos Sainz's car exploded just before Sainz was about to pass Max, which let Max slide into a lucky P2 classification. It is pretty wild to think that Had Sainz's car not gone full bomb on him, Max would have easily gone from being double sprint weekend pole sitter by winning qualifying and winning the sprint race to P3 on the Grand Prix podium. The third storyline was, will Ferrari not make a strategy error at the Austrian Grand Prix? And surprisingly, they did not. Unless, of course, you count have Carlos Sainz's engine not explode and uh, make sure Leclerc's throttle is properly functioning as official Ferrari strategies. But for the purposes of this argument, I will not be counting those, though they are indicative of some other problems at Ferrari related to reliability. In fact, Ferrari actually were very on top of their race strategy at the Austrian Grand Prix, and their strategy is actually what won them the race. Ferrari were originally planning to do a one-stop strategy, but then changed it up mid-race to match Red Bull's two-stop strategy after realizing that this would give them a higher percent chance of winning the race. And in the end, 
It really does look like if Ferrari had not changed up their strategy to match Red Bulls, Leclerc very well may have lost to Max. So Ferrari, good job on not completely botching your strategy at the Austrian Grand Prix. You're making moves. You're making moves. Real quick, before I keep on recapping the Austrian Grand Prix, if you are enjoying the Formula Bone F1 show and want to help me grow the show, as well as be notified whenever I release new Formula One content, I'd really, really appreciate it if you could take 10 seconds right now, just 10 seconds, and subscribe to my YouTube channel, then ring that notification bell to turn on all Formula Bone notifications. Currently, under 3% of my YouTube subscribers have rung that notification bell, and that number makes J-Bone very sad. Please help me get that number to at least 5% so all my friends stop making fun of me. Please. I'm also trying to get 1,000 likes on this video episode on YouTube if you're able to help me out with that as well. Thank you all so much for the support. It means the world to me. J-Bone! It's now, unfortunately, time to check in with you all regarding how my three bona fide race predictions fared at the Austrian Grand Prix. And I'm in a bit of a slump here, folks. Bit of a slump. My first race prediction was that Max Verstappen would win the Austrian Grand Prix. And, you know, I actually didn't catch the end of the race, uh, but I did see that a ton of orange flares were going off and there was orange flare smoke everywhere. So I can only assume that Max did win the race, which means I got that one right. J-Bo! Okay, uh, fine. I did watch the whole race and am aware that Leclerc won and that I got this wrong. So moving on. My second race prediction was that Red Bull would see both of their drivers podium at the Austrian Grand Prix. And they only didn't because George Russell decided to get back at me for jinxing his top five streak last week uh, by effectively knocking Checo out of the race so I would get this prediction wrong. Well played, George. Well played. My third and final race prediction was that Charles Leclerc would be on the podium for the first time since the Miami Grand Prix, and ding, ding, J-Bone got that one right. J-Bone! Okay. Okay. Going one for three. I understand, people. Is awful and bad and awfully bad. But this is just a minor setback for a major comeback because I'm about to go three for three on my bona fide race predictions at the French Grand Prix coming up shortly. J-Bone! Believe in me, okay? If you believe in me, I will get it done. But only if you believe in me. Three for three. This episode is sponsored by Grammarly, the all-in-one writing tool that helps you churn out clear, concise communication quicker than ever. And for being a Formula Bone F1 show viewer and or listener, you can sign up for a 100% free account at Grammarly.com slash FBone. Then get 20% off your upgrade to Grammarly Premium after you inevitably love their products so much that you want to upgrade. Let me tell you all about Grammarly. As we all know, there is nothing more embarrassing than sending that work email or group message or sure to go viral tweet and realizing right after you hit send that you made a big grammatical or spelling mistake in it. Luckily, Grammarly makes professional writing fast and simple, 
It's an all-in-one writing tool that helps you churn out clear, concise communication quicker than ever. Grammarly is 100% free to download as a desktop app and works where you do, so you can work more efficiently on all your projects. It is seriously life-changing, folks. I personally used Grammarly all throughout college to make sure my essays, reports, and term papers were all written in a professional and grammatically correct manner, and I still use Grammarly to this day when I write my episode rundowns. Grammarly makes writing emails, resumes, job applications, you name it, so much easier and stress-free. I cannot recommend it enough. One example of an amazing free feature Grammarly has is their tone detector, which helps your writing sound just the way you want, whether that's friendly but not overly casual with a colleague, or concerned but not angry when asking someone for help. And if you love the free version of Grammarly with its writing tools and tone detector, and then Upgrade to Grammarly Premium, you can take advantage of unbelievable premium features like clarity-focused sentence rewrites and tone transforms where Grammarly does the work for you. Get to the point faster and accomplish more with Grammarly. Go to Grammarly.com slash F-Bone, that's F-B-O-N-E, to sign up for a free account. And when you're ready to upgrade to Grammarly Premium, get 20% off for being my listener as long as you signed up for your free account with my URL. That's 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash F-B-O-N-E. There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. Next up, it's time to respond to a bunch of Austrian Grand Prix-themed voicemails left by Formula Bone F1 show listeners on the Bone Phone. I cannot believe how many freaking voicemails from you guys that I got after the Austrian Grand Prix. It was by far the most I've ever received after a race, and it made me so happy to look at that voicemail inbox and see it absolutely bussin'. If you're new, by the way, to the Formula Bun F1 show, welcome. After every single race this season, I do one of these race recap episodes, and a large part of them is me responding to questions, comments, hot takes, and more left by Formula Bun F1 show listeners on the Bone Phone the phone number for which is 1-833-200-0966. And if you live somewhere where it's difficult to make phone calls, I've created a channel in the Formula Bone Discord server where you can submit voice memos directly from your phone rather than calling the hotline number. Check it out via the Discord invite link in the description of this episode. And even if you don't want to send in a voice memo to be played potentially on the Bone phone, You should just join the Formula Bone Discord server anyways because it's very fun. Uh, So yeah, invite link for that in the description of this episode. Hope to see you in there. So during or after each race this season, whenever you have an interesting thought, hot take, complaint, or anything else like that, make sure to hit up the Bone phone or the Formula Bone Discord for a chance at your voicemail being played on the show. Without further ado, here is the first call. Hey Jayvan, what do you think of Ferrari's speed at the Austrian GP, a track that seemed to be more Red Bull dominant? Do you think it was more setup related, or do you think Ferrari tuned up their engines a bit so they could take the win at Austria to get a bit back at Red Bull for what happened at Imola? And would this also explain why Science's engine had such a violent blowout? Here is what two-time Formula One world champion Mika Hakkinen had to say about why Ferrari outperformed Red Bull in the Austrian Grand Prix. Quote, The track in Austria tends to make rear tire wear more critical than the front, and this favored Ferrari. End quote. What this means 
is that because of how the Ferrari car's design philosophy interacted with the Red Bull Ring's circuit design, the Ferrari cars suffered less rear tire degradation during the Grand Prix than the Red Bull cars, which gave the Ferrari drivers a tire advantage. This tire advantage was much more apparent during the Grand Prix than during the sprint race due to A, the hotter track temperature during the sprint race that lessened Ferrari's tire advantage during it, and B, the fact that the Ferraris lost time battling each other at the beginning of the sprint race, which prevented Leclerc from ever getting within DRS range of max. Even though it turned out tire wear during the Grand Prix across the field was much worse than everyone anticipated, and it ended up being a two-stop race for everyone, rather than a one-stop race as expected, not including virtual safety car pit stops, this still favored those teams like Ferrari, who could run longer first tire stints without a lap time drop-off due to rear tire wear, because throughout the rest of the race and, most importantly, at the end of the race, they'd always have a tire advantage over Red Bull, as long as they just matched Red Bull's tire strategy because they'd knocked out more laps than Red Bull during that first stint. Next call. J-Bone. Ben from Colorado here giving you a call. Uh, we saw a lot of people getting penalties and, and black and white flags for exceeding track yeah. limits. <laughs> Do you think that that's from the track itself? Was there was there something going on with the wind? Just wanted to see what your thoughts were. J-Bone. Did you hear his child say J-Bone too, or am I going crazy? I could have I sworn I heard a J-Bone. Anyways, track limits were seen as exceeded by the stewards at the Austrian Grand Prix an insane 43 times. Unbelievable. And four drivers received time penalties for exceeding track limits too many times, those drivers being Lando Norris, Pierre Gasly, Sebastian Vettel, Joe Guan Yu. I think the three main factors at play that caused this absurd track limits situation at the Austrian Grand Prix are, one, the stewards have decided to be strict with certain points of emphasis this season, with track limits being one of those points of emphasis. You may remember Lando Norris had that whole track limits thing go on at the Spanish Grand Prix. Two, the lessened visibility drivers have this season compared to seasons past due to the new 18-inch tires as well as the overwheel winglets, which uh, make it harder to see where you are on the track more precisely, right? Because the big tires and the overwheel winglets make it harder to see where the track limits are when you're kind of like coming out of a turn and trying to make sure you stay within track limits. There were times that the drivers were like, no, what are you talking about? I didn't exceed track limits. And you watch the replay and they did. It's because they literally cannot see, which is pretty crazy. And three, the Red Bull ring is such a high-speed circuit that drivers know they cannot afford to take less than ideal lines. So they just try to send it and hope that they're staying within track limits and or hoping they don't get called on them, which clearly was not the case at the Austrian Grand Prix. Next call. Hey, Jay Bone, it's Mateo calling from California, and I was wondering, when they're on the podium and there's music playing, what is that music? I assume it's some sort of national anthem. I'm just wondering how they decide on who the national anthem is, what country it's from. Thank you. 
Great question. You will hear between one and three different national anthems played over the loudspeakers at a Formula One Grand Prix. The national anthem played before the race is that of the host country, so the Austrian national anthem was played before the Austrian Grand Prix. The first national anthem played during the podium celebration is that of the country the race winner represents. So the first anthem played during the podium celebration in Austria was the Monaco national anthem as Charles Leclerc drives under the Monegasque flag. And the second national anthem played during the podium celebration is that of the country the constructor represents. So the second anthem played during the podium celebration in Austria was the Italian national anthem as Ferrari is based in Italy. Now, one exception to this is that if a driver and constructor both represent the same country, their national anthem is only played one time total during the podium celebration. The last time we saw this was last year in Hungary when Frenchman Esteban Ocon took P1 driving in his car that was constructed by the French company Alpine. So they just played the French national anthem one time on the podium. Probably much to the dismay of all the French fans who were like, come on, we deserve this double national anthem time. I kind of think they should play both, right? Like, who cares if it's back-to-back? Run it back. The driver deserves it. The team deserves it. Why not? Especially if it's at a home Grand Prix. Especially then. This episode is also sponsored by Bird Dogs. And for being a Formula Bone F1 show viewer and or listener, you will get a free gift with your order with my code FBONE on birddogs.com. You hear me talk about Bird Dog shorts on here all the time. And if you still haven't tried them out yet, you're missing out big time. Bird Dogs makes the best shorts you will ever wear, I promise you. I rotate through my four pairs of Bird Dog shorts every single week. I freaking love them. I'm wearing Bird Dog shorts all summer long because you can do anything in them. Wear them while watching Formula One on the couch, working out, playing sports, sleeping, flipping the bird to your own car like Lando Norris, and even swimming. Bird Dog shorts are the best because they are so comfortable and because you can get them with built-in underwear that feels better on your skin than the finest silk sheets and is also mega breathable, does not bunch up like traditional underwear does, and is quick drying. These things have completely replaced my need for swim trunks because they double as swim trunks, which has saved me a bunch of money already. As far as the free gift goes that you get with code FBONE, it can be any number of crazy gizmos and gadgets, such as a dad hat, a tumbler, a pair of nunchucks, a whistling football, and much more. So go buy a pair of leg garments on birddogs.com and enter my code FBONE at checkout to see what that gift is. Go to birddogs.com right now. Enter promo code FBONE, and they'll throw in that free gift with your order. You will not want to ever take your bird dogs off, I promise you. There's a link for that deal in the description of this episode. Next call. Hey, J-Bone. Connor from Connecticut here. Am I suffering from HDS, or do you think it's actually possible for Haas to be best of the rest in the Constructors' Championship by the end of the season if they keep up this pace? Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. You are suffering from HDS, better known as Haas Delusion Syndrome. But how could you not be right now? Haas just got their second double points finish in a row with KMAG finishing P8 in Austria despite having some power unit issues and the legend in the making himself, Mick Schumacher, getting a career best P6. P6, unbelievable. I think it's very possible 
that Haas finished the season fourth in the constructors. If they continue on this crazy upwards trajectory that they're on, or as Mick Schumacher called it, the streak. After all, Haas are only 47 points back right now. And that's before they've introduced any significant upgrades. As John Lennon once said, you may say I have Haas delusion syndrome, but I'm not the only one. If you too have Haas delusion syndrome, let me know in the comments section. Last call. Hey, Jay Bone. It's Nick from Connecticut. And I just wanted to ask you, with half the season being over, do you believe it's time for Perez and Sainz to move into support roles within their teams? We see Verstappen with a 57-point lead over Perez and um, Leclerc with a over 30-point lead, I think 37 points on um, Sainz. So do you think it's time for them to move into support roles? Thanks. This is a great question. I think that if Ferrari and Red Bull both want to give themselves the best chance possible of winning the World Drivers' Championship, they would relegate Sainz and Checo to the support driver role. However, I do not think this is going to happen, at least not just yet, as we're only halfway through the season, and both Sainz and Checo have race wins already and are putting together solid enough seasons. Sainz only has two less race wins than Leclerc, so I think there's no shot he would allow Ferrari to make him a support driver already with 11 races left. Meanwhile, while Checo has five less race wins than Max, he's only 57 points behind Max in the World Drivers' Championship standings, again, with 11 races left, so I think there's also no shot that he would allow Red Bull to make him a support driver already. And I sure hope I'm right, because as they say... Let them race. We don't want team orders already. Come on. That's it for today's episode of the Formula Bone F1 show. If you enjoyed the show and want to help me out, I'd really appreciate it if you could toss me a comment, like, subscription, rating, review, or any other form of engagement on whatever platform you're on right now so that said platform and its algorithm like J-Bone more. I respond to pretty much every YouTube comment, and if you don't believe me, try it out. Speaking of YouTube, if you join the Noti gang by ringing that bell and turning on all Formula Bone YouTube notifications, I'll love you forever. Please get me to 5% and up. I'm below 3%. Very sad. For Formula One updates between now and my French Grand Prix preview episode, you can join the Formula Bone Discord server via the invite link in the description of this episode. You can also follow me on all social media, at Formula Bone, and at my real name, Jared Borislow, that's at J-A-R-E-D-B-O-R-I-S-L-O-W. Until next time, folks, J-Bone!